Let's have a word of prayer. Today, God, in this place, we do thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you today that you have blessed us beyond measure. You have given gifts to the body of Christ to serve and honor you, to bless the body, to use our gifts to bring honor and glory to your name. Everyone has a gift. Everyone may not be using their gift. But we pray today that, God, we will put into effect and into practice that which you have invested in us, which you have given us. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church today. May we be mindful that we belong to the King of glory. We're giving him all the honor and the praise. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Last week we read Matthew 21 through 16. I'm going to read verses 9 through 16 today, which corresponds more so with my second point. I had not planned to do this in two parts, but the way that the time worked last week, there was no way to finish. So I said that I would come back today and bring the second part of the message. The passage of scriptures that we read last week are the passage was Matthew 20, chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. But as a background as well, if you wanted to write down Deuteronomy chapter 24, verses 14 and 15, and Leviticus chapter 19, 13, that would be good for you to read in your time. That would be Deuteronomy 24, verses 14 and 15, and Leviticus 19, verse 13. And this is what it says in Matthew chapter 20, beginning at verse 9, 9 through 16. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first last. The title is We Are Recipients of God's Grace. We are recipients of God's grace. As you note last time, I mentioned that I preached this sermon in January at Jesse Coleman's funeral. And because this was in line with what we have been following, I'm following up and preaching this again, yet adding the different parts and expanding those ideas. The point one, the point one that we mentioned last week was, The hiring of the workers. That would be Matthew 20, verses 1 through 7. Just as a brief 
follow up. We noted that the master of the house went out early in the morning. He went out early in the morning and found workers. And we said that that first group was involved in a contract. They agreed to work for the day and they agreed for a denarius. A denarius was the equivalent of a was a day's wage, and it was the pay for Roman soldiers. It was the pay for a regular day labor. It was good pay. The master of the house went out again, we noted, at the third, the sixth, and the ninth hour. And in that day, we mentioned that the day began at 6 a.m., and at sunset or at 6 p.m., their day ended. So when you look at the hours between 6 and 6, 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., you will note that it gives the hour of the day. But then when 6 p.m. comes, you note that in the Bible it oftentimes talks about the watches of the night. The first watch, the second watch, the third watch. Broken down oftentimes from 6 to 9 p.m., 9 to midnight, and so on. We note that there were five times or five groups in this going out. The first group enters the contract and the next three groups that he comes to or he goes out in there in the marketplace, he sends them into the vineyard and tells that first group, whatever is right, I'll pay. There is no contract entered. And so we noted that this master must have credibility because the workers did not even raise a question as to what they were going to receive. But they just went based on the word that they would receive what was fair at the end. We noted at the end of the message last time that we have the owner going back to the marketplace at the 11th hour, which would be one hour before quitting time. In this 11th group, or this 11th hour group, we note that there is a question that the master of the house asks, and he says, why have you been standing idle all day? Now, he noted and observed that the group that he had seen at the third hour, he noted that they had been standing around idle, but there is no discussion of an answer being given. But with this group, There is a question and there is a response because no one has hired us. We have no idea how many in each of the times that he went out, how many of the individuals or workers were there. He just told them, go into my vineyard to work. Does not appear that he has any problem with paying the individuals. So he sends them out. We mentioned that this parable is dealing with God's grace and his mercy. Even though the time that I mentioned and spoke about it during Jesse's funeral, it was dealing with Jesse coming in at the 11th hour. While it is not a parable about salvation, we can make application and draw points from it. We note that parables have one primary purpose or meaning. When you don't have something nor own something, we note it, you need to be careful not to demand that which is not rightfully yours or which you are not rightfully entitled to. 
There's a lot of protests you see on the news of people setting fire because they want what somebody else has and feel they should get it. And so they go blowing up stuff because they don't have it. It ain't yours. Tell your people go work and try to strive to do what they need to do. And another person, don't do anything. And yet at the end, they want to come and say, I should have what you have. Hard work for those that are saved as well as those that are unsaved can and does pay off. Doesn't mean that everybody's going to be rich. Everybody won't be a millionaire. But you need to understand something, that we need to be faithful to what God has given us. You can't look and say, I don't have this or what. I'm just going to set my gift to the side and not use it because I don't have 51 gifts like my brother. We use what God gives us for and to his glory. Do you not know that your gifts don't belong to you? They belong to God. And you've got a responsibility to use what the Lord has given you to honor and to serve him. Entitlements make you feel that you deserve something that really doesn't belong to you. I enjoyed having, when I was younger, the privilege of working for the CETA program. Some of y'all don't know what CETA is. It's a program that if you didn't have a lot, your parents didn't have a lot, you were able to work and get this job in the county and Medi-Cal. They would pay you, but you had to work. You see, entitlements or benefits are to help people that need the help for a period of time until they're able to make it on their own. It is not meant to be a lifelong experience. Just keep back your heel because I'm waiting for my check to come in. And then complain when they cut it down. Well, what have you done? Nothing. I've been waiting all day, just sleeping all day, walking around. So we need to be careful, as we said, to not villainize those that have money. I told you a poor person has never hired me. Told you that recently. People that have money or have something hire individuals. Yet we need to be careful, careful that we not demonize because if the issue was simply having possessions, then the Lord would have made sure that none of his people in the Bible would have had it. Job wouldn't have been rich. Abraham, David, Solomon, he blessed them. It's a matter how you handle it. And yet we need to be very careful. Your money doesn't get you there. You being poor don't get you there either. Only the blood of Jesus Christ will get you there. Point number two that we are coming to today is payment and responses. Payment and responses. That would be Matthew 20, verses 8 through 16. The owner of the vineyard had his foreman to call the workers in at the end of the workday and starting with the person hired last who had worked only one hour, gave him a denarius. Now, when we think of a couple of pennies, we think that ain't nothing. Back in that day, how they calculated their funds, it was good pay. Because oftentimes the way that, that money was used, it was weighed on scale. So you would have things measured in the in the matter of a scale. And one had to be careful that when a scale was used, it was accurate. So oftentimes, whatever measure, when the Bible talks about whatever measure you use, it will be measured back to you. 
people would bring whatever the measurement was at the beginning. They would bring that measurement, that scale. It would be used also at the end. They would use the same scale. But scales were used. But the owner of this house who owned the vineyard told his foreman, even though the owner was the one who went out, call everybody in that's been hired and pay them. Now, you need to remember that back in chapter 19, as we've been saying, that the Lord is continuing this matter of how does one, when this rich ruler came to him, how does one earn or get eternal life? And I mentioned that also last week when we look at chapter divisions, they are not inspired by God. They are put there for our benefit in order to be able to find passages easier for our own help. But the Bible is inspired, but not chapter and verse. Okay, you need to note that. So when we look at 19 and look at chapter 20, it actually just keeps on reading down as the Lord deals with that rich young ruler and as well as he deals with the disciples asking him questions after that. And so this parable is tied in back to chapter 19 as well. And so the worker is called in. Each worker from the last hour to the first received a denarius. Now the first group comes. And they think that they are going to be paid more because they have been working all day long. But they too receive what they agreed to at the beginning of the day. But this group begins to complain about being treated unfairly. Now, now, have you ever noticed sports players that have entered into a contract? They are looking at another person's contract, and in the midst of their contract, they don't want to honor it. Because somebody else got more than them. And so now here they stand saying, I'm not going to go to practice until they renegotiate my millions of dollars contract that I already have. I want more. With some of them, I'd just be saying, you entered this contract, goodbye or honor it. Now, I am not giving you more. Depends on if it was Stephen Curry. I may have to renegotiate. (laughs) But you get the drift that People oftentimes see someone else get something and they think that they should be entitled to it. Now get this. I want you to understand this point here. The parable is dealing with the generosity of the landowner. It's not even really so much about the workers. It's about the generosity of the person who hired them. He didn't, in fact, have to hire any of them, but he did. And then he goes and hires the others and says, I'll pay you whatever is right. And chooses with his own funds to give them the same. Now, the first group that had agreed in this contract for Daenerys, now get this, they went to the vineyard to work, meaning that they had come to an agreement and they had come to terms that they had accepted what was being offered. But when they saw others coming later, they thought, oh, we automatically will get more because they have not been doing as much as we have been doing. Now, that would be a real fair 
argument and, and consideration when you think about it would be, you know, yeah, I, I, can, I, can, I can see that. But, but we would be missing the point. Because when we look at this matter here, when you look at the matter of the kingdom of heaven, none of us deserve heaven. It is only by the grace and the mercy of God that we are given the privilege to be in heaven with him. You can't go out demanding and saying, God, give me heaven. I have earned it. It is only his grace and his mercy. It is only his doing. It is only what the Lord does that he gives us anything. And so this first group comes and says, <clears throat> when they're getting it paid, but now get this, they're already thinking that we're going to get more. But when they don't get more, they began to complain. Now remember, it's the steward or the manager who was paying them, but what is being said gets back to the owner of the house. Look at what it says. Verse 11, chapter 20, verse 11 of Matthew, and on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Now that's the question. Didn't you agree for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to him. I choose to give to this last worker as I gave or as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Now listen here. Or do you begrudge my generosity? And so the first which it started before. So the last will be first and the first last. God's generosity goes beyond oftentimes our capacity to fully comprehend it. When you think about the cross of Christ and you think about what he already knew was what was going to happen and the fact that he was still willing to come and die, not when you were seeking him, but while you were out doing your thing, your thing. Weren't even considering him. He came and died for you in the midst and in your state of sin. You, can, you cannot take any credit for any part of salvation. Now, while this parable is not about, about salvation, I'm talking about the generosity of the Lord. His grace and his mercy has been extended. And the matter of these workers really shows, what is it? It shows the attitude of the heart of these individuals that they really had a part of ingratitude. Their complaining really showed ingratitude. Now note that all of the other workers, the other four groups, they more than likely doesn't say it, but I imagine they were skipping and hopping 
and joyful because they they didn't expect to get a denarius. But man, they said, oh my, and they took their pay and went. But the first group, those who said, we've been at her all day, weren't grateful for what they had been given. I, I, we, well, I know we're going to get more from what you have. No. And the owner says, can I not do with what belongs to me? The grace and mercy of God is given as he pleases. And when we get upset, when God extends his grace to one we feel doesn't deserve it, you become just like the first group hired in the attitude that they express toward the kindness shown by the manager, the owner. As we noted, the the rich young ruler thought he could earn heaven by his deeds. And this group, even in working in the vineyard, feels that their work deserves more than it does and more than what they agreed to. Get this. They're, they're, they're the, the first person, that rich man came and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he walks away. This last group who comes to be paid, came first but being paid last, grumbles as they leave. You know what one of the problems is about to happen? They're about to not get paid. Person come to me with what? I, said, I put my money back in my pocket. Fine then. Go on then. The owner says, take your pay and go. <laughs> I ain't doing you no wrong. Can't I do with what belongs to me? Don't you know that you can do a better job with your money than the government? I know you got to give taxes. But they run a deficit all the time. Sometimes that may happen, but they live in it, and they say, give me more so I can waste it. So we honor government because God says, has set it up, but he has, we have a problem with how it's run by people. Do you not know that? Let me go just say this. God was never meant to be outside of his creation. Everything that he made from government, from schools, anything God was to be a part of. And the moment you move God to the side, you see what happens. The government is an expression, and it shows right now in what's happening and how they carry out their business oftentimes is the fact that they have moved God to the side. But thank God when they say we want to bring, have God to restore to his rightful place. We want God to be involved. We want God to be honored. Do you not know the Bible talks about uh, when you talk about rulers and, and countries, when there's a, a wicked ruler, how the people rejoice when they're gone. But when a righteous ruler, the people rejoice. That's, you see that around the world. It's in the Bible. We rejoice with righteousness, but when there's evilness, we don't rejoice. When we consider the greatness and the graciousness and the, and the awesomeness of God who is willing to give, and we consider the kingdom of heaven. Anytime you consider the parables when the Lord says the kingdom of heaven, one must wrap their minds around the fact that you always got to remember a kingdom has a king. And, and, and when you look at parables, while it gives us uh, the privilege to be able to see, it always points to a higher calling. When it talks about the kingdom, it talks about the focus of him that is the king. So if you note in that parable that we read, it says the kingdom of heaven 
is like. When we think about God's grace and his mercy, we should always have an appreciative attitude. We should always have an appreciative attitude. Sometimes I complain. When we think about God's greatness and his wonderful love, when we think about what he has given us, do you not know that we will always try to bargain with God to give him less than what he rightfully deserves? Do you not know that when God has given us help, we want to pray for him to bless us and to give us all the health? But then, like these last workers, we don't show our appreciation to him. We don't show how grateful we are. These workers are a depiction of us oftentimes. The other workers took their pay and they went on rejoicing. But the moment you feel that you are owed from the king, you miss the fact that he doesn't owe us anything. So when we come and we offer our praise and our worship to him, it's because he deserves it. When we bring our gifts to him, and our service to him, and it's because he's worthy of praise. So whatever God does, we should say, God, thank you. For what you've given. I know I need more, but thank you for what I have right now. Thank you. This little bit, what this going to do? This ain't going to do nothing. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. It'll turn a person off in a minute. You give them something, they start complaining about what you give them. All have been there. But man, what would happen if we turned it all around and we would just begin to say, thank you. You didn't have to do it. I appreciate it. Man, that makes me want to do more. Oh, what else can I do for this person? God will bless you just for saying thank you. Thank you goes a long ways. It really does. I appreciate you. Thank you. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. I, I didn't mean it, but I'm sorry that I said it. Didn't mean it to come out there. I'm sorry. You know, a lot of times I'm about to end. A lot of times people say I'm sorry only because of the response. Oftentimes when they say it, they meant it, but the response then says, "Well, I really didn't mean it that way. It came out really the way that I was feeling, but I meant to tone it down, but I didn't. I wasn't able to tone it down before it came out." <laughs> Gonna be honest. So go ahead and say, "I'm sorry." Would you forgive me? Now, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it to come out. Oh, yes, you did. I meant to say, well, if you meant to say it, why didn't you say it the first time? We can always watch what we say. As I bring this to a conclusion, we are recipients of God's grace. And any time that you are a recipient, you ought to say, thank you. Thank you. Because you didn't have to give me anything. That's why I love to give to God. Just a little bit that he gave me. Thank you. When I was a kid, I would give my tithes. And I got married, and then it was like, we, we're in the red. <laughs> what are we going to do? We made an agreement. No matter what, we're going to give our tithes off. No matter what, that comes first. That's what we said. That's what we said. It, 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 was, it was often short. 
red all the time. But you know what? At the end of the month, everything was always covered. No exaggeration. I'm a witness. When we're wondering how we're going to eat sometime, we know Sunday Sunday afternoon we're going to be at Red's house. We know we're going to get a meal on Sunday. And right at the right time, the share program came along. Some of y'all don't know about no share program with a special food and whatnot. We, oh, my goodness. Me, me and hot dogs and, and chili dogs and red beans and, and fries, we did it. We just had a ball. We have, I was grateful. Are you grateful? No, I've done my share of complaining. But, man, I tell you, it's so much better when you're grateful for what you have. Because you know what? There's someone in a worse condition than you. So change your attitude in mind and become a grateful person for what you have, what God has given you. Because you are only stewards today of what God has blessed you with. You are recipients of his grace and his mercy. Please stand. Amen. We can give God a hand. Just give him the honor and give him the praise. Amen. He's worthy to be praised. Thank you, Lord. I challenge you today. Have a different attitude. Be grateful. Some of y'all are going to be challenged when you leave this place. Be grateful. Be watchful. Be grateful. Lord, as we leave this place today, we want to extend to those people who have not said yes to you the privilege to say yes. Not only of being grateful for your mercy, but saying yes to the, which is also being grateful for your salvation. We're grateful for the fact that Christ died for us. Let me just say this. Is there anybody in this place has never said yes to the Lord Jesus Christ? And you're saying, it's time for me to be saved. I want to accept him. I'll pray for you. If, you, if, you, if you're saying yes, you can put your hand up and down. I will pray for you. We'll say, I want to be saved. What does it even mean to be saved? Saved from what to what? Saved from my sins. Saved unto the Almighty God. Saved from his judgment and his wrath. His salvation allows us to be with him. Anybody in this place saying, yes, it's time. It's time. God, we pray today in the name of our Savior that as we leave this place, that we'll have a different heart, a different attitude. That we will... Be appreciative of your grace and your mercy that we will show it in how we live and how we respond to what you have done and are doing in our lives. Thank you right now, God, as we leave this place that you will keep us, bless us and lead us in the path of righteousness and may we walk therein. We give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord bless you. Amen. God bless you.